Hey, this is the Fat Boy Show, and uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful Monday, the 26th of April. This is the final week of April. We're going to be saying hello to the month of May very soon. Uh, stay tuned for that. By the way, we have uh, other interesting surprises in store for you at the RX Radio. We will soon have a new host for the RX Mix. And uh, we think you're going to like her. She's pretty funny, pretty interesting, and uh, ooh, she's uh, quite smooth. It's so, another she. It is another she. Somehow the RX Mix <laughs> likes uh, having ladies. I don't no, know why. No, RX Radio likes having ladies. Of course, we are a very <laughs> pro-female organization, <clears throat> as you know. Uh, the proprietor is a staunch feminist who believes in women's <laughs> empowerment. <laughs> give me a break. What do you mean, give me a break? <laughs> it's true. Okay. It's true. We have a, a very conducive environment for the ladies. And uh, for some reason, I don't know who hires, or I don't know if it's the proprietor, but he he seems to choose those that are mostly good on the eye. Is that so? <laughs> no, I'm not saying they are bad at what they do. Of course, uh, all the ladies here do a pretty good job. Um, but uh, I notice I'm a chick, but I'm like, hey, ma, that one is beautiful. Even the other one is pretty. Even the other one, hey, mama. <laughs> then why, why don't you say, even me, I'm beautiful. <laughs> I will not, Aren't you? <laughs> I will not blow my own trumpet. <laughs> yes, but I mean, look, if you're going to work in an office for many hours in a day, you mm-hmm. don't want to look at people who look funny. <laughs> you, want, you, want, you want people who can do a good job, but uh-huh. who also you can look at and be like, yeah, uh-uh. the room looks very... Huh? Hey, they're bum, like bum for sour eyes. Mm. <laughs> when you're stressed, you just look at the nice face and uh, you relax a little bit and, and you get back to work. Your sour eyes are cheated. Okay. <laughs> you see? So it's very strategic, my friend. Don't joke. This uh, proprietor <laughs> is, is very strategic in his business decisions. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, seems like we're not very strategic when it comes to dealing with our refugee crisis. Mostly of refugees that come into Uganda. There is a fresh influx of refugees into Uganda through ungazetted entry points following renewed fights in the DRC. These refugees who have taken advantage of the porous border points to sneak into the country are now mixing with the locals. Now, the chairperson of Katero Cell in Mpondwe Town Council last week said that the refugees are from the Beni district in the DRC. Last week, fighting broke out after locals accused the UN mission in DRC of failing to stop rebel activities in the area. And these locals, particularly the Nandi community, they got angry and they asked the UN Organization Stabilization Mission Forces to vacate the area, leading to protests. Well, it just speaks to the wider issue of regional conflict, uh, the mess in the DRC, and how we as Uganda were being affected by influx of refugees from uh, those uh, conflict areas. But also, it's mainly because since the start of the pandemic, we had halted um, welcoming refugees into our borders. Um, Last week, the government was considering uh, reopening our borders for refugees, like officially. But in the meantime, they're using porous borders. Mm. And that's not a good thing. Yeah. Because then uh, we can't keep track of who's coming in and mm-hmm. who's coming out. And uh, it just uh, compromises any attempt we might be having of mm. trying to control the COVID spread and all those things. And have you seen our borders? <laughs> like there is a border of uh, Uganda and Tanzania. It's mm. just a road. Like 
Opposite side is Uganda. Uh-huh. Opposite side is Tanzania. And that's <laughs> a border point. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. Yeah, when Donald Trump said, let's build a wall, you people got annoyed. But I think now you can appreciate <laughs> Like, people that. just cross. You go there and buy me a, a matchbox. Now you cross, you're in Uganda. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. The one, But the one border that's not porous is the Uganda-Rwanda one. Ah, right? that one is not. Ah, la, la, ah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard border to cross. Uh, those yeah. that try to cross from ungazetted areas are usually intercepted and arrested. Oh, shot. Or shot. So you don't want to... No matter how good the, the ladies are in Rwanda, mm. you better just wait for them to reopen the border. Because <laughs> if you try to rush yeah, across illegally, mm. yeah, you will uh, face serious consequences. But how can one country have so much beauty? You know, <sighs> it's just a, a problem. What do we do? What do we do? <laughs> Well, the Minister for Relief and Disaster Preparedness and Refugees, Hilary Onek, was saying that uh, he was addressing concerns uh, being made by some refugee communities. They were complaining about the quality of the food in the camps. Mm. I don't know if you saw that. So uh, the Minister for Refugees and Disaster Preparedness said, look, if you don't want to eat our food, let them go elsewhere where the food is coming from. They were saying the quality of the food is terrible and that it's never changed. I think, they, for instance, if they eat beans and posho, it's beans and posho forever and ever. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're a refugee and you live in a camp, do you have options? You know, beggars aren't choosers, as they say. So if you're, and I think maybe that's been one of the most uh, interesting twists mm. in of history in the last uh, decade or so, mm. where we've almost glorified the term refugee. Mm. Um, I don't know if it was mostly because it was seen as a counter reaction to Trump, who was deemed to have a rather harsh uh, view on refugees. So everyone else wanted to counter counter him by virtue signaling how awesome refugees are and how refugees are so welcome and we love refugees and refugees should be treated with the utmost respect and in some cases in some countries better off than even some uh, of the citizens uh, especially in those western countries and so there's been a glorification of the concept of a refugee which causes many people to seek to be refugees Uh, you look at the people that cross the Mediterranean in those rubber boats you know, uh, putting themselves at great risk of drowning. And many indeed do drown annually as they try to cross from Libya to southern Italy. Uh, And many of these people are from Africa. Why? Because they know the refugee life is great. I'll get there as a refugee and I'll be given a nice room, a nice house. Uh, I'll be given maybe a job or if not, I'll be given subsistence allowance. Why not be a refugee? I think they don't they they don't go necessarily to be refugees, but they know that it is a shortcut to a life in Europe and probably it's easier to be recognized or given citizenship if you went in as a refugee as to when you went in undocumented and you're not a refugee, you 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 actually stand a very high chance of being deported. Mm. But they, but but I hear you. When they go there, life is not as merry. Yeah, as because they, they <laughs> they're sold a dream, mm-hmm. and they get there, and it's not a dream. The other day, I was watching a documentary about the the workshops and the factories where these designer things we see, things that that you will see by Kenzo, designer houses, and when you see the conditions refugees work in in those factories. Mm-hmm. 
processing stuff that is going to be sold at $3,000. But, you know, now we are talking about people who, like, for instance, if it's a leather bag, we are talking about people that clean the skins of the animals before they become anything. Mm. And they're not given health insurance. They're not given protective gear. And they are refugees, most of them from West Africa. So, um, I think if perhaps really the lesson or the message to refugees is, look, I mean, as tragic as it is that you are being forced to flee your country due to conflict and other instability, ultimately, really, you should be thinking about trying to stay and to build your country. Because I know, look, it's the human instinct. If there's trouble, danger, flee for safety. But, you know, sometimes maybe you just need to stick around. You know, it depends um, if it if they are fleeing um, something like what's happening in Mozambique, and there is no safety yet. It makes sense for them to want to go elsewhere where it no, could but be how safer. About... But then there are others who move just because they are in search of greener pastures. There's that kind of refugee too, economic refugee, yes. as they call them. But don't you think if people said, look. If the situation in our country is bad, why don't we stay and do something about it? What bad are we talking about? So, for example, if there is a... Okay, worst case scenario, armed conflict, mm-hmm. rebellions, rebels. Well, let the men of the village acquire arms, get together and how repel. How do they get Isn't their this arms? how we used to do it back in the day? We have been... Where people invade your village and you resist, you fight back? But James, let's be realistic here. We have been talking about situations like in Tigray, like in Mozambique, like in northern Nigeria. Most of these guys are civilians that are attacked by militias. How do you expect them to stay and say Therefore, we are going to rebel against the militias? The militias, it's not the Mau Mau rebellion. I understand. So what, <laughs> what needs to happen is I think Africa needs to have a push towards arming civilians. Civilians need to be armed. Because essentially you are there, you are a sitting duck. If you have a government that's not doing enough to protect you, you are a sitting duck as rebel groups, militia groups just wreak havoc all over your community, abduct your children. They can do it and expect to meet no resistance because the men are not armed. They have no means of fighting back. But can you imagine if... uh, LRA knew, Al-Shabaab knew that, hmm, if we try to raid that village, yo, the dudes there have guns. It may not be so easy. I understand that part of the reason why um, many countries feared invading the United States during World War II is that they understood in America, people have guns. Civilians have guns. So it's not just a matter of marching to the shores hoping to take over if everyone is armed yo your army is going to have a serious headache but uh using the reference of america you also know where it is in certain communities because of people having guns civilians having guns they're not trained they do not have any emotional intelligence as far as having guns is concerned and they just use them anyhow well what's your point that you think if we it was widespread use of guns that this would lead to some sort of uh High crime rate. Well, you know... Higher than what we have right now. Pick your poison. (laughs) So do we sit and wait and be raided and have our children abducted by rebel groups? Or do we arm ourselves so that those people are discouraged from even thinking about uh, raiding us? I I honestly don't know, but uh, arming civilians is not as 
it's it's not as helpful as you might think. I think it could be worse than even them having no guns because they will turn so the guns on to themselves. Just sit you have seen a few civilians that have guns. Any slight disagreement, someone pulls out a gun. So before you know it, yes, you have yes, people in the see, village that are killing each other you, for slight disagreements. Like, I don't, how can I don't you know look at you, my wife in a certain kind of way? Well, there was a sociological analysis that was done if, when, where you have communities with uh, individuals that carry weapons. Mm. Like, there's a, there's a large penetration of weapons in the general population. Let's say in the American South, it might be guns. And if you look at... Uh, feudal era Japan, you had people carrying swords. You end up with a very high respect culture where everyone ensures that they are at all times at their best behavior and are making sure to indicate no risk of aggression to whoever they meet. So there's always that politeness in the way they conduct themselves. So in Japan, how they always bow, show respect. And in America, the cowboys, they tip their hat. Howdy, sir. Howdy. You know, you've heard of Southern hospitality, as they call it. Because if everyone in town is carrying a rifle or a pistol, yo, you better make sure to not even antagonize anyone in the slightest because that could just mean the end of your life. So everyone's walking around being super polite to each other. <laughs> so, and, and I know that's a stretch. It's a stretch, but... Yeah, it is. Um, just, just as a hypothetical, I definitely do think it's something worth, worth considering because if you know... I don't I don't know you if you would break into a house if you knew the people inside were armed. I don't know that you would uh, uh you know essentially stage a rebellion and try to invade a community if you knew the people there had guns. In Africa our tragedy is all the bad guys know that all the good guys are unarmed. And so they take advantage. By the way, this even can mitigate things like military coups or military takeovers. You know, I mean, the reason that countries are able to oppress their citizens is, is that. Um, I, I don't think government would think about it that way because... If in, the government of Uganda eyes, knew that people had guns, would they just be disturbing people the way they're doing? No, you said it would mitigate military coups and I think it would be the other way around. You, you think so? <laughs> the military would never have a, a, an upper hand. All right. Well, anyway, hey, I'm here just trying to think outside the box uh, as we discuss the refugee situation and see ways that we can reduce it. But one, there is a common denominator across uh, African countries that are mired in conflict, and it is that civilians tend to be unarmed most of the time, mm. meaning in the face of conflict, they have no other choice but to flee their homes, their beautiful communities, their farms. They leave it all behind to be ravaged. Uh, and then to, to be decimated and to end up having to live in squalor in refugee camps, very undignified lives uh, mm. as they wait for the gods to decide that the war shall end, at which point they will be allowed to return back to their homes, the homes of their ancestors. It's really, really tragic. And, and I'm just seeing. in some cases, the wars never end. And in some cases, the wars never end. Like the Somali refugees in Kenya, yes. some of them have been born and raised, and then they also get married and have children in camps. Yes, that's why I'm saying, I don't know, maybe we can, if, look, as far-fetched as my theory sounds, or my proposal, how about we just do a test case uh, find community x give it guns give it guns <laughs> and see what happens 
Okay. You see if it leads to a high crime rate. See if it leads to uh, uh, wars and conflicts. And then we can make an informed decision as to whether or not that's a good or bad thing. But currently, as things stand... You remember in Karamoja when the Karim, uh, Karimajong used to have guns? To Russell Kato. And uh, they say they also used to use them for protection. Government took the guns away from them. See, that's the problem. And promised them um, protection. But recently they were like, give us back our guns because you're not protecting us. It's, that's the problem. <laughs> you see, because when you, re- see, when you remove guns from law-abiding people, mm. you make them victims to the, the law-breakers, law, law mm-hmm. law-defying mm. uh, citizens, you see. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a way to even the playing field. If the bad guys want to have guns, let the good guys have guns too so that they have a fighting chance in the event that the bad guys start, start some funny stuff. Hmm. Ah, but we, woo, it's, we're a long way from having a conversation like that in this yeah. country. We have many other pressing issues. But hey, just a thought as you wake up this Monday morning here uh, on uh, RX Radio. Yeah. RX Radio, the Fat Boy Show.